It's Saturday at 6. It's time for your weekly music and entertainment fix. Backstage with Sinead Nivorda. With all the best music, interviews and live sessions. Live from the Radio Nova Studios in the Dublin Docklands. Hello and welcome along to the show. Thanks so much for joining me on this Saturday evening. Hope this weekend is treating you well. Ever dream when you were younger about making the big time? Imagine what it would have been like to be a 17-year-old and make the big time in a significant band. Damien O'Neill has been there. He is the guitarist of The Undertones. He'll be divulging what it was like for him when The Undertones made it big in 1977. He'll also be talking about touring with The Clash. You'll be hearing how he reacted when John Peel played Teenage Kicks back-to-back and on how he feels to be performing with The Undertones 40 years on. I'm also going to be chatting to Mike Peters of The Alarm about punk. He'll also be talking about how he lives with cancer and on saving lives with his rock and roll cancer charity. I'll also be playing for you music from Prince, including a great live acoustic medley. And I've got great music from Ones to Watch, Zyla Roo. Backstage on Radio Nova. The Undertones are the legendary punk rock new wave band formed in Derry and became one of the most significant bands to have come from Ireland. They released 13 singles and four critically acclaimed studio albums. Yet in 1983, Fergal Sharkey left the band to pursue a solo career and the remaining members decided to call it a day. The Undertones were to remain silent for the next 16 years. That is, until in 1999, The Undertones reformed and Paul McLoon replaced lead singer Fergal Sharkey. 2016 marks the band's 40th anniversary. This is going to be celebrated with a variety of live performances, including a stop-off at Dublin's Academy on Saturday, the 21st of May. So ever wonder what it would have been like to be 17 and make the big time in an incredible band and at the height of the punk movement? Well, Damien O'Neill, guitarist with The Undertones, will be telling you all about it. He's joining me backstage very soon, but first, let's take this one from the Derry Band. From The Undertones, this is Here Comes the Summer on Radio Nova.
Music from the undertones on Radio Nova. Here comes the summer. Damien O'Neill was only 15 when he joined the band The Undertones and was 17 when the band made a big. And had to tell us all about his experience of being in The Undertones, of touring with The Clash, on how the band got back together in 1999, is Damien O'Neill of The Undertones. Damien, hello. Welcome to Backstage. Hi, Sinead. Hey, what are you up to? Uh, do you really want to know? I'm painting deck, painting um, my in-laws' house at the moment. Well, look at you—the brownie points, huh? Oh God, I'm covered in uh, <laughs> crap. <laughs> Are you doing a good job, though? More importantly. Oh yes, of course I am. Nothing but the best. <laughs> they must love you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're busy between paint strokes and guitar rehearsals and everything at the moment. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. it's well. Actually, we're going to be really busy soon because um, yeah. we, we actually Guntons haven't played this year so uh, I think we're playing over the Belfast and Dublin gigs the first ones this year so that'll be good and then it gets busy, yeah, busier and busier after that of course you got all the festivals to hit and everything festivals and then we've got a, a UK tour in uh, September October I think wowza yeah. well happy 40th <laughs> <laughs> oh, no is, is that something to be celebrating or to be commiserating <laughs> uh, stop it I, I would go with the former definitely <laughs> but does it feel like it's been 40 years since you guys kicked off gosh um, yes and no um, mm. I mean you got to remember I was only 15 I think when, when we first put, when, yeah 40 years ago I was 15 um, that's insane uh, so that's a, I was the youngest obviously um, so to me yeah, it, it, it yeah God, it seems 40 you say 40 years it's like a life, more than a lifetime away yeah um, it, it's kind of it's kind of flowing past of course and a lot of people might just say that now you know yeah. um however uh what's kind of nice is you know the fact that we we did reform back in i think it was 99 or something when we yeah. with with paul McLoon, um it was supposed to be a, like a one-off and um because it went so well we kept on continuing continuing kept playing and kept playing and um i think these days we're just a lot more relaxed about mm. playing live and there's no pressure I think so. I think it's, it's it's a lot more enjoyable now. So, really, how so? Well, back then there was a lot. You know, you're just quite, everybody was quite. Um, even though we were obviously playing the big bigger crowds and stuff, um, there was a lot of tension in the band. We just, mm-hmm. I think, we were too young to appreciate what we had. Whereas now we, we're much older and wiser. We 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 can relax more. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. And when he formed in '99, Fergal didn't want to rejoin the band. No, then, well, no? we didn't even ask Fergal because we knew he wouldn't. He would say no. Because right. after we split, you see, I think Fergal kind of. We got the impression Fergal just that's it. You know, Andrews was past. He didn't, didn't. He never even wanted to talk about it or anything to interviewers. Mm. So we kind of knew he went his own way. So there was no point in even asking Fergal. Mm. Um, so that's why. See, Paul. Paul was a good was a friend of Billy's, the drummer. Um, Paul was in a band with Billy actually after the undertones. So, oh right! <laughs> so I didn't know Paul personally himself, but um, I think Mickey and Billy did. So he was uh, sort of the natural one to ask. Ah, so that's how that came about. He's yeah, a gas man, he, Paul. He was he, obviously he was really nervous too, because big big shoes to step step well, into yeah. really, isn't it? With, you know, doing Fergal. But um, Paul, he was great. You know, just 
Wonderful. Well, just did it so well. Obviously, it had to be somebody from Derry as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's such a character. I was doing um, a media panel with him at BIM College, the music college here, and uh, couldn't even get a word in edgeways. And I said to him, for God's sake, you some god. But he's like, coming from you, that's saying something. That's a compliment. Like, I hear. <laughs> Yeah, he has got. Yeah, he does talk too much. He talks a lot once he starts, man. No, no he's, him up. I have to say, he's one of, <laughs> as you probably would agree, he's one of the funniest people in the world I've, I've ever known. Actually, he's so funny. Yeah. Um, that really helped. That's another reason why we got him on. <laughs> he was, you know, I mean, when you get him on to doing um, impersonations of people, he's just the best. <laughs> okay, I'll ask that next time I see him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so going back again, like you were saying you were 15 when you started, I, I still can't get around that age, because was it, you were 17 then by the time yeah, you I went to John Peel and stuff? Yeah, cakes and all that, yep. yeah. Uh, which is You're still so very young. young, and I'm very young, 17 if you know what I mean, very green, naive. We were all very naive, yeah. but uh, me particularly. <laughs> but at the same time, Sinead, I had the, Maybe because I was still young. I don't know. I had the best time of them all as well. I can well imagine. I bet you're the most popular kid in school. (laughs) (laughs) Got lucky with all the ladies, huh? (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. Um, No? uh, I don't know know about that. Um, (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Oh, yeah. A couple of stories there, I'd say. Well, there might be. Maybe maybe to be revealed someday, but not yet. Okay. If anyone's out there and wants to let me know, (laughs) what was Damien really like? Um, but yeah, because um, no, I don't know. I, see, at the time, I just uh, because me because I was younger. I no, actually, I didn't have a girlfriend or anything like that. And whether, whereas the rest of them did, and they all wanted to just kind of settle down. So I think wow. um, I was the one that really wanted to tour the world, etc., have fun. Whereas they were a bit more resident about it. They they didn't like leaving home so much. Um, is it not uh, which, the dream for every boy to be in a rock and roll band and turn the world? I mean, I think they, they, you know, these days they kind of regret because we turned down so much. We turned down a lot of turn, you know, country, like we got offered Japan, Australia, etc. And we never did it Why? because certain members didn't want to do it, didn't be, want to be away f- from home and all that. Oh, my God. Is that not what led to the whole breakup with Sire Records and moving on to a major oh, label? No, that no, that's nothing to do with that. Sire, no? uh, the problem with Sire was they're just, they, they really... In Amer- when we did tour America, um, we couldn't find our records in record stores. They just the, there was no promotion, no distribution. Wow! So that really, really cheesed us off, you know. So yeah. we we eventually left the company. Yeah, because I, I saw you went on tour with the Clash, and then you went back again for a headline tour. But yeah. I do uh, want to ask you about touring with the Clash. What oh was that God. experience I mean, like? Here's a great example. Actually, yeah. we got offered six a full six week American tour of the Clash. Unfortunately, some of the members of the band didn't want to do six weeks, so we had to compromise and just do two weeks. <gasps> Can you imagine? Six weeks with Clash. I mean, any other band would have been, you know, would have, wouldn't have turned that down. No wonder there was in, inner, or inner turmoil going on with the band. I mean, oh, how did God, it turn? I, but that's the way it was. It was always kind of oh, compromise all yeah, the time. It was a catch. Anyway, I'm not complaining. We yeah, had two, you did it two weeks. weeks with Clash, and they were, they were so nice to us. It was great. So, Damien, before you divulge your memories of touring with The Clash, I'm going to play another tune from The Other Tones. This is the classic punk anthem, Teenage Kicks, on Radio Nova.
Happy Undertones on Radio Nova. You are backstage with me, Shanae Vorda, and him, Damien O'Neill, a guitarist of the band The Undertones. Now, you will be telling me about that incredible experience when you got to hear John Peel play that song back to back. But first, going back to The Clash. What springs to mind when you think of that two-week tour with Joe Strummer and co. in America? First of all, the sound checks, watching them sound check, and they were doing a lot of... Um just de- debut- debuting um, a lot of songs from London Colin, which hadn't come out yet. It came out in Dece- uh, December 79, I think. So this is October 79 when we were on tour with them. I think September, October. So we, for the first time we were hearing the song London Colin and Wrong and Boyle. And, oh, my God. Oh, it's just... And oh, go, my wow, this, these are great songs. Yeah. Um, we, unfortunately, because we were kind of shy people, we didn't really get... The, know them too well we were hanging out we weren't hanging out with them really you know um, and it wasn't until near the end that they we were all getting really friendly and then we had to leave <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was it break was, your hearts oh no <laughs> but one good thing I, I got a I got a baseball bat signed by the Clash so it's one of my prized possessions oh you still have it Yep, still have it. Oh, nice one. Yep. I remember I was chatting to Lynn Van Golding backstage at Oxygen yep. a number of years ago. Lovely, lovely man. Yep. Lovely gentleman. And when he talked about Joe Strummer, he just like donned his hat and he went, that man did so much for us. Oh, he, he offered us support slots. He paid us. That didn't yep. happen. People didn't help themselves. Oh, yeah. Genuinely lovely guy and meant what he said. You know, yeah. Joe, Joe was, Joe and actually Mick Jones as well. They were both, mm. I think out of all four of the class, four of the class, they were the two nicest. They were so, so friendly and supportive yeah oh, did you ever see Mick Jones about in London then no god we lost such years you know again if we'd done that six, six week tour I might have had his phone oh, number no, don't say that <laughs> don't say that <laughs> oh no oh well the regrets oh, well. Jeannie <laughs> Mac <laughs> you know regret Rianne Je ne regret rien, exactly. Man, what do you remember of that whole John Peel thing? I mean, that was quite something, and it's something that's gone down in history, even the fact that he, you know, reckoned that Teenage Kicks was his favourite song of all time, and getting you guys over to London. What was all that like? Because, yeah, you were 17 at the time, weren't you? Yeah, well, it was yeah. great. I mean, we, John Peel, we adore John Peel, but, you know, mm. we religiously listened to his show every, every day. So the fact that, just the fact that he played our song, um, not even once, but twice on the same night when he wow. first played it, was, oh, God, that I just I still remember to this, you know, I still remember just being in the house. We were all listening around and listening to the radio. And after he'd done that, we were like, <laughs> cock a hoop. You, know, you couldn't believe the phone was ringing off the hook. All our friends go, he played it twice, he played it twice. <laughs> so it was a dream come true. And then getting to meet him, um, you know, eventually, and when we came over, and, and he was so sweet. Again, one of those really pivotal guys that helped us, you know, that made our career in a way. Yeah, what an absolute legend of a man. He that was, kind of he thing, really was. Oh, so unheard of. Twice in one night, amazing. No, it was the first time he ever did that, I think. So. Wow, incredible. Yeah. And looking back again, to the start, I, mean, I was chatting to Jake Burns from Stiffle Fingers a while ago and he was saying that when they started, obviously it was the whole start of the whole punk rock movement. And But there wasn't really a lot going on. Obviously it was the time the Troubles, everything yep. was in lockdown. There was the barrier that went up at 10 o'clock at night. There was nowhere to yep. go and a lot of it was created out of boredom. So for you guys then over in Derry, what was it that inspired it was Doubly worse, actually. Um, really? But, well, because we, at least in Belfast, there was some places you could play, whereas for us, it was there was nowhere, absolutely nowhere. So, you know, our first shows in 76, 77 were just in um, parish halls and scout halls and things like that, mm. um, and community halls. 
But eventually we got really lucky. We got a residency at this pub, which was called the Casbah, which was kind of in the centre of town. So you had to go through security barriers and all that, but it was kind of neutral territory for, for both side, for Protestants and Catholics. Okay. It was really nice. And the fact that that's when I first got to meet people from the other side, so to speak, you know, from really? Protestants from the water side came over. Wow. If it was in the bog side or Craig and they wouldn't have, you know, they obviously wouldn't have taken a chance to. So it was really, really important for that as well. Yeah. Um, great days, though. Great memories of um, meeting Fred, meeting up, getting support, you know, meeting people who who really liked this and interest in this punk rock thing and, and really supporting us. And, um, yeah, great, great fun. You know, they were probably my favourite days of the Undertones, actually, those early days. Wow. I, I can only imagine what an interesting time it was, and especially if you're literally breaking down barriers and oh, crossing over um, that whole religious side Because we did and... identify with the punk hmm. movement and it was kind of, we got a lot of stick for it in, in the town, you know, for being different, for looking different, for playing our own songs. No? A hmm. lot, a lot of stick, a lot of hassle. Really? Um, Sometimes not very nice, you know, real abuse. So it was kind of, we had this kind of gang mentality, us against the world, which which helped us as well and made us more ambitious and more determined. Yeah, and obviously feeding into the music and the sound that it created. I mean, Absolutely. there's so much tension, I'd say, and there was. such I, a I, I, I raw atmosphere. You know who was really supportive? Mm. You know, I'm talking to you as well. Sinead was um, the, the Raiders from Space. Oh, yeah. And they, they were very, very, again, like The Clash, very supportive. We, we did a couple of gigs with him. In '77 and um, seven, 78, 77, I think '77, and they were really, really nice, really, you know, because at that time I think they were they were the first punk band in Ireland, I think. And, um, they were, weren't they? Yeah. They were very, very nice too. Oh, I could talk to you all day, but yeah. I, I could probably just let you get back to your painting there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we can't wait to have you over here at the Academy on the 21st of yes, May. It's we're going really, to be something really amazing. Important. And I think Trouble Pilgrims are supporting us, which is fun. No way! Yep, which is even brilliant. better. Oh, even brilliant. Get there nice and early. Get yeah. two amazing bands on one stage. Oh, Damon, it's been such a pleasure chatting to you. You're welcome, Sinead. Thank you so much Looking and uh, best of luck with it all. Okay, take care. Thanks. Backstage on Radio Nova.
music news update. You're backstage with me, Shanae Vorda, on Radio Nova until 7pm this evening. Hope you're having a good Saturday. Uh, we just heard Prince there a moment ago, and one of my favourite songs from the legendary artist I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man. And now to help bring us up to date on the latest in Prince and other music news is Gareth O'Connor of Radio Nova. How's it going? Hi, Shanae. How are you? I'm good. Good. Very exciting Prince news, actually. Yeah. Uh, KSTP in Minnesota, that's the local station there, they're reporting uh, overnight that a vault containing unreleased Prince material has been drilled open at Paisley Park in Minnesota. That, of course, is Prince's home. The trust, given temporary authority over his estate, opened the vault, to which Prince apparently only had the code, according to this channel. And uh, apparently it's a complete treasure trove of material. And uh, apparently there's so much music there, the estate could put out an album a year for the next century. So that's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And apparently the vault, it's kind of mysterious. It was a giant room with shelves of material and the vault was sealed with a large spinning wheel. So, How uh, cool is that? Yeah. Oh, I love him. Mysterious Even and more. cool. Yeah. Uh, but uh, his sister claimed earlier this week that the singer had no will or trust, of course, according to paperwork that was filed. So we don't know uh, who's going to have authority over this. But at the moment, the estate seems to own the material. So uh, we could have a lot more Prince stuff on the way. Oh, great to hear. There'll be more stuff on the horizon from and the Amazing, like the, the, his material at number one all over the place. Uh, I went into my local music store the other day and yeah. uh, all the Prince stuff is gone everything wow yeah um, amazing so uh, Prince very much alive in terms of his legacy uh, absolutely alive in people's hearts oh rest in peace okay moving on now to what we're going to do Morrissey has yeah, got quite Morrissey's exciting news been in the news a lot recently yeah. you would wonder you know is there something happening behind the scenes with the Smiths you know I know it's been knocked on the head the talk of a reunion and stuff but uh, apparently there's a biopic Stephen has begun filming and that's uh, you know the story of his upbringing in 19. 19- 60s Manchester. Director and co-writer Mark Gill explained during the early stages of pre-production, it's a love letter to Stephen Patrick Morrissey and Manchester. And it's starring the relatively unknown Jack Loden. And uh, it's being produced by Orian Williams and casting director Shanine Biag. And uh, they also worked on, you might have remembered, the Ian Curtis biopic Control. Mm, uh, there's no fantastic. release date uh, at the moment, but one wonders what Morrissey himself thinks of that, because he right. has an opinion on everything, of course. Of so, course he uh, does. So he's not involved with this then, no? Um, I'm not sure. It's not really clear at the moment. Mm. Um, but, you know, he did, knock, he did knock that talk of reunion on the head recently, so uh, who yeah. knows what's going on there. He's very yeah, sick of hearing that question. And finally, our last bit of news, this next rock band are Big Footy Heads. Kasabian. Yeah, uh, Leicester, of course, uh, about to win the Premier League, because they're about to possibly win, uh, you know, if they beat Manchester United tomorrow. But Kasabian have announced a huge gig at Leicester City's King Power Stadium to celebrate this amazing season they've had. They're going to have a special one-off gig at Leicester City's football ground. And the band uh, went on Twitter. Where else to reveal the forthcoming show? It's on May the 28th. The band said in a statement, it's been an unbelievable year for the city of Leicester. And it seemed like the perfect thing to do this summer. So that should be a great day at the end of May in Leicester. It will indeed. Gareth O'Connor, thank you so much for bringing us up to date with some exciting music news. You're more than welcome. Thanks, Sinead. This song, massive at the moment. We've uh, already mentioned them here before on Nova. We played them indeed. They're from Chicago. They are John Moyer, Dan Donegan, Mike Wengren, and a rather interesting vocalist by the name of David Drayman. They are disturbed. This is massive at the moment, due in no small part to Sad Affleck. you again because 
Simon and Garfunkel's folk classic, The Sound of Silence, topped the American charts for two weeks back in 1966, 50 years ago. Now it's been revived in no small part to a viral video dubbed Sad Affleck. Ben Affleck reacts in an interview to questions about bad reviews and critiques of uh, Zack Snyder's Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. You will have seen it by now. Henry Cavill and Affleck sitting alongside him. And while Henry Cavill answers questions in detail, Affleck sits silently staring off into the distance and the iconic Simon and Garfunkel tune cue that so the sound of silence is now back in the hot rock top 10 chart disturbed we like it a lot and you will hear it a great deal in the coming weeks on Nova Sorry, just a sad Gregory there. That's Disturbed, The Sound of Silence, new music this week here on Radio Nova. It's all yours, Sinead. Thank you, Greg Gochran. Yet to come on backstage in this hour, I'll have a great live one for you from Prince. It's a great acoustic medley that he performed for MTV. Conor McCaffrey of The Star will be popping in to help you out with some gig picks for the coming week. Mike Peters of The Alarm, who is stopping off in Dublin next month at the Academy, will be chatting to me about punk music, about living with cancer and on his charity, which is Saving Lives. I've got a great song for you from Ones to Watch, Xyla They're up next here on Nova.